Welcome to the Pen and the Yad. In this portion, Vetchanan, Rabbi Michael Siegel of Anshayamit Synagogue, and author Jonathan Eig talks about what it means to be a witness for God. Can a person be passive and still be a witness? Well, if Yelp had a category for Parshiot, I have a feeling that Vetchanan, the second portion in Deuteronomy, would get four stars. Tell me why. Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> it has the Ten Commandments, it has the Shema, it has the Viahafta. There's just, you know, wall-to-wall importance and relevance and engagement. So I can see the comments being, I never lost my attention. I carry these ideas with me every day. Totally relevant, totally meaningful four stars. <laughs> and, and of course, I would say that there's going to be a backlash to that on Yelp, and people are going to say it's too popular, it's, uh, tu- it's becoming touristy. Touristy, right. It's like everybody everybody talks about this stuff. Come I'm on. looking for the more obscure Yeah, ones. find me someplace cooler and hipper. Hipper, right. Like, Hasn't uh, been discovered yet. Like Tazria. Let's go back to Tazria and to... Um, oh, that place has... Uh, there, there you have to work for something, real right? They have integrity, right, real. Well, let's talk, let's talk a little bit about one of those really trendy prayers, um, the Shema. We say it twice a day. It finds its way into our mezuzot, into tefillin. It's everywhere. And if you look at it in the Torah, what you'll see is that it's very easy to find because it has two letters that are enlarged, the Ayn of Shema and the Dalad of Echad. And most people believe that the reason that those are enlarged is because the scribe did not want you to misread this all-important prayer, which is a declaration of the oneness of God and the inclusiveness of God's oneness by misreading it. If you say an ayin also looks like the letter aleph in scribal form, and if you read an aleph or an ayin, It'll say, perhaps, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Or if you read a resh instead of a dal, it'll mean, it could mean, here, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is acher, the Lord is another. Neither of which are good options for us. Right. But if you take the two letters and put them together, it spells witness and aid. And I think the issue that we should talk about today is, what does it mean to be a Jewish witness? What does it mean to be a witness in general? And what can it tell us about our lives today? Well, you know, we tend to think of witnesses in trials, right? Witnesses, somebody who's seen something. But um, that suggests that it's almost a passive um, act. And, and I, I don't think being a witness is ever really passive. If, if there's a witness, that just changes the whole dynamic of whatever event occurred. And I think a witness is often someone who is an actor as well as a witness. Uh, can you really be a witness without changing this, that which you're witnessing? If two people witness the same thing, there's also a possibility that they may see different things. They may it's have more than a possibility. More it's than a possibility. Right. So our experience of something can be very different. In fact, the Torah then, unsurprisingly, makes a false witness uh, one of the prohibitions of the Ten Commandments. So we can be a positive witness. We can be a negative witness. We can be a false witness. And I suppose these ideas can also apply here as well. But a witness is also, as you said, passive. It's also a witness can be active. I observed something or I was involved at the same time. And this is what I did. And this is what this person did, either to the good or for ill. And I think that these ideas 
are very important ones on a historical level for Jews, but it's also on a theological, on a spiritual level for Jews. And not just Jews. I mean, I think the very act of of joining in religion, of believing in God, is is a summons to action. I think that "Can I get a witness?" is a phrase we hear a lot in 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 churches, in in gospel songs, and the very act of of believing in forming a community is a call to action. And joining as a witness, a witness to God's work, means that you're not just accepting it; it means that you're joining in that work, right? That you count yourself amongst those who are believers. That you are also engaged on a way in a way with whatever you're witnessing yeah i don't know that you can just say i believe in god and not be active is it possible that you could just believe and witness and never feel any kind of sense of responsibility to act i don't know how that could possibly work i think jewishly that's a tough one historically when we think about what does it mean to be an aide, what does it mean to be a witness jews have been faced with very difficult choices again and again throughout history we've been faced with conversion or death, conversion or expulsion. And while there were Jews who chose to convert, and that's a whole conversation in and of itself as to when, when, when should you do that as a means of saving your life, there were many Jews who were martyred instead or were expelled. And the irony is that in death, Jews then became the ultimate witness. So they said the Shema, even during martyrdom. Mm-hmm. Famous story of Rabbi Akiva and so many other rabbis who express themselves on that level. But if you can take it a step further and say that we do this, we say the confessional prayer, traditionally we say the confessional prayer when a person leaves this world. And I've seen this again and again when someone looks comatose to you, suddenly if you say the Shema, they wake up. Mm-hmm. It's in their oldest memories. It's right there. And they connect on that level as they leave this world. It, Sometimes it's the last act of independence in the midst of the dependency of the illness. Very powerful moment. So it is a witness as a form of belief, as a statement about who I am in the world and how I distinguish myself. But it's also a statement about what I do. What do I do with that? And you see this everywhere, but you also see it amongst the Jewish people. Not what I say, but it's what I do. Yeah, that's right. I may have mentioned this to you once before I interviewed Dizzy Gillespie once, and I asked him why he still practiced every day. He was 70-something years old. I said, why do you still practice your trumpet every day, doing scales, doing arpeggios? He said, because it's not what you know, it's what you do. And I think that could apply to, to our faith as well. You know, Reading the Torah, studying is not enough. It's how you apply that in the real world. And that doesn't mean just how you come to the prayers. It's how you live outside of religion. I think that's true, but when I act and I do it with intention, I'm also making God part of the equation. I'm also a witness. So if I give tzedakah and I do it because it is my obligation as a Jew, and that obligation comes from Torah and ultimately from God, then when I give that money, it's not just because I'm a nice guy, it's because... I am acting as a witness. Exactly. I want to turn this a little bit because on the one hand, we should really be witnesses, but there's also a negative aspect to this. What if my actions don't reflect well beyond me? What if they don't reflect well on the Jewish people? What if they don't reflect well on God? Do I feel that responsibility? Is that part of Shema Yisrael? Do I really need to care about 
how other people see me and whether or not this is really a, I'm connected or disconnected from the Jewish people or God? Or is it something I should be concerned about? Well, I would think that we should be concerned with our behavior, regardless of whether people know what we're doing, regardless of how it's seen. You know, I don't really think about my first concern isn't how people, what people are going to think of me, but the question is whether I'm behaving properly, whether I'm behaving righteously, whether I'm behaving honestly, and uh, whether I'm doing good. It's funny, you know, I hear that 100%, that my first responsibility is to myself as a person. Am I acting in a way that's consonant with my beliefs, with my values? Right. Or am I, or is this a lapse? I mean, how do I, am I consistent? But I have to tell you that I wear a kippah, and when I wear a kippah on the street, or I go into a store, or a restaurant, or wherever I am, or a movie theater, I'm conscious of it. Sure. And... I'm also conscious of when I drive, right? Like if you, you're driving and somebody's slow in front of you and you want to honk the horn or you want to kind of go in front of somebody. It's funny. I'm aware of it. Not that I have these dark desires, which I do. If anyone who's driven <laughs> with me knows that. But I'm aware that I am a witness to the Jewish people. You wear a kippah mm-hmm. and you litter. It's somebody- not like that guy's a jerk. Like what is he doing? It's that... That's a, that Jew, you look at him, that Jewish guy, so religious, look, he's wearing, and look what he's doing. Right. And I think that that is a way of keeping you in line, in a sense, of saying, if I'm going to wear the kippah, then they need to kind of not only talk the talk, but walk the walk. That's interesting, because, yeah, if you're wearing your kippah, you're, you're subject to more scrutiny. People are going to think, oh, my God, there's a so-called righteous Jew, maybe even a rabbi, and he just cut me off in, in traffic. He went all around the, you know, like on the on the side of the road to get to beat us to the ramp. I mean, what kind of guy is that? Although now I think all of us face that because anybody's recording you on a cell phone at any time. I got into an argument with somebody at the gas pump the other day about who got there first, and I thought if she takes this out and puts this on like with her phone and puts me on uh-huh. on social media. I could be like, I could really look like a jerk, even though I didn't think I did anything wrong. So we're all um, more likely to be judged now on this public sphere because anybody at any time could be filming you, which, you know, police officers are dealing with all the time. Right. Um, right. Because not only do they have their body cams, but the people all around on the street, anytime an incident occurs, immediately turn on their phones. So is that a good thing that we're all being judged um, publicly and, and without the concern for? how we feel about our own conduct and, and how we are act, relating to our religion, to our sense of selfness. It isn't a double-edged sword in our society. On Absolutely. the one hand, we want to guard our privacy. On the other hand, having body cams has made a significant difference Yeah, uh, for people of color, especially. And when people turn those body cams off, that's also a statement that suddenly there's a whole level of responsibility and uh, liability that we have to take into account. And now with face recognition... Talk about bearing witness, right? I mean, we're going to be witnessed in everything we do from now on. So how does the Torah help us with that? How are we supposed to behave if we're being witnessed all the time? I love what you're saying because it is the Torah saying, wait a minute, you're being watched all the time. There's a very famous story about a rabbi who was on his deathbed and they said, Rabbi, if you had one wish, what would you wish for? Everybody keep kosher. What is he going to wish for, right? He says, I wish that everyone would fear God as much as they fear human beings. Hmm. So what? He must be, he must be you know, foggy-minded. What, what, what is he thinking? 
And I said, well, Rabbi, what do you mean? He says, look, when people do something wrong, they say, or they're going to do something wrong, they'll say, I hope no one sees. But they never say, I hope God doesn't see. Right. The face cam and all the rest can be used for, for ill purposes, that's for sure. And body cams can be used for, for, for ill will or this person in the parking lot can just record enough that makes you look like a jerk when mm -hmm. you don't see the whole picture. And we see that as well. But from the religious point of view, the notion that I am a witness to God in everything I do, when there's people watching me or where there's not people watching me, that's the essence then of the Shema. That if I'm in a real relationship, because what follows is via hafta, you will love the Lord your God with all your might, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. If you're in a relationship with someone, then you need to be conscious of that relationship all the time. That's right. And so to here, be that witness to God all the time. And so in a way, the Torah has preceded all of the cell phones, right? But now you're watching, you're, you're being watched all the time. We're more aware of it, but the Torah is really a book about what does it mean to live with that awareness every day and act on it? Yeah, and I think that for me at least, I wouldn't worry so much about taking the right on red where I'm not supposed to. If I knew God was watching me all the time, I'd be more concerned with the constructive things that I'm doing so that maybe I can get away with that right on red when I'm not supposed to. Because I'd like to think that if I'm being witnessed and that I'm being a witness and I'm participating in this relationship that I'm doing enough good that I can get away with the occasional uh, mistake. Well, so I guess that um, before there were red light cameras... There was God right. saying, slow down here before you make a mistake. Exactly. Well, on that happy note, <laughs> let's be better witnesses together. Huh? Amen. <laughs> <laughs>